Lord has given me a gift. Only one. I am the most complete fighter in the world. Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a new Adkins adjacent bonus review of the 2021 Benny Chan directed Raging Fire. Why Adkins adjacent on this one you ask? Well, one, because it stars Donnie Yen, who listeners will know, uh, Scott starred in Ip Man 4 with Donnie, and they are now both starring in John Wick 4. So I think that's good enough, but on top of that... It's my show, and I really want to just talk about this movie. Uh, and to help me talk about it, I am bringing my action brother from another, Rob Antiquera, the cinema drunkie. Rob, how are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, thank you for having me to talk this uh, great, great movie. I really appreciate it. Couldn't think of anybody else that I wanted to talk to uh, about it uh, with. You, you wrote a... Very, very glowing review. I haven't read it because I didn't want to know exactly what you were going to say, but just even from the headline, I could tell you wrote a very, very glowing review for Ultimate Action Movies, and so I feel like uh, you are the perfect person to chat this with me. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So before we get into the movie, and for folks listening, here's how this is going to work a little bit. We will spend a few minutes kind of talking about our thoughts on the movie spoiler-free, and then I will give you ample notice that we're going to go into spoilers because there's a lot that we can't really talk about this movie without getting into spoilers. Uh, So I'll let you know when we switch to spoilers. But I do want Rob to take a few minutes before we even get into this specific movie to talk about Benny Chan. Uh, for those who don't know, we lost Benny Chan almost exactly a year ago uh, to cancer. Uh, and he this is his last movie. It's kind of his swan song. He was fighting the cancer as he was filming it. Very likely knew that this was not going to be, you know, that this was going to be his last movie. And uh, so I want to take a little bit to, to pay some tribute to the man. Rob, when did... When did Benny Chan first kind of become a director that you wanted to start paying attention to? Uh, definitely uh, the first time I saw uh, Who Am I, uh, Jackie Chan's Who Am I. Um, I saw it uh, when I was, uh, when did that come out? Like 98, right? About like 98, uh, yeah, 98 uh, Who Am I came out. 98 release. I can't remember if it made it to the U.S. in 98 or 99, but yeah, 98 is when the the official release is. Yeah, so like around that time, at the, I remember it being a HBO world premiere, and I was absolutely blown away by it. You know, I mean, obviously it being a Jackie Chan feature, but it was just one of those like movies where it was just like where you think Jackie can't do anything more crazy than he already has. He just proves you wrong. Like specifically fighting on top of the skyscraper at the end. Uh, I thought all that stuff was glorious. And uh, I, I noticed the name Benny Chan. And it was like, mm, they're like, yeah, this, this is, this is, this is, this is some wonderful shit going on right here. And then uh, going on, I don't recall seeing Gen X cops around the time. I saw Gen X cops uh, a lot later. So the next film of his, I saw was, new police story 
And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like, oh yeah, this is definitely the dude that I need to be paying attention to. And then of course, going into uh, his other features like uh, Invisible Target, which was uh, up until this was my uh, favorite of his movies. And you know, there's Robbie Hood, uh, which I enjoy, which I know you really don't. Uh, you're you're not that big on it. So uh, I mean. I still love you, but <laughs> it's it, it, look, look, if we agreed all the time, that would be unbelievably boring. So, you know, yes. I, I'll settle for us agreeing 97.5% of the time. Right, 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 right. And then, uh, you know, going into, uh, his other movies like Shaolin, which I thought was great and that stuff, but like, yeah, like Benny's, uh, Ever since it started with um, uh, Who Am I, he's, he's been somebody I really look forward to, everything he did. Um, so I was uh, immensely devastated when uh, we lost him. You know, it was it was a really just fucked up day. Like, you know, when the news came in that, uh, you know, Benny died, it was it was just like and all across the board, too. It was just like, uh, you know, um, our boy Sean from uh, The House That Screams, like uh, he was like, oh, no. And he was like, I'm, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to watch uh, uh, Shaolin in his, his honor. And I remember I watched New Police Story in his honor, you know what I'm saying, that night. But uh, like, yeah, I, I always love Benny. Benny's always been one of my favorites. And uh, yeah, going all the way back to Who Am I was where I, I first got into the, the greatness that is Benny Chan. Yeah, he, you know, he was one of those directors, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit here in a sec about when I got into him. But the, the damn tragedy of it was... I always felt like with every new movie of his, especially, you know, 2010's City Under Siege, I, I don't think you've seen that one, Rob, if I remember right, but that one's no. a bad movie. That's, that's just not a very good movie. But starting with Shaolin and then going to The White Storm and Call of Heroes, I haven't seen Meow, but um, it felt like the best was actually still to come for Benny, like that we were going to start getting something, you know, some really like classic, uh, films from him. Uh, and so when we found out, you know, that he passed, it, it was really a tragedy because I, I, I really felt like, I mean, it's just a tragedy anytime somebody passes from cancer, but I, I really felt like it was like, Oh man, I, I kind of, I, even though he's been working for 30 years, I kind of feel like Benny's just getting started. You know, um, and, and that that feeling is not lessened by uh, Raging Fire, uh, unfortunately, because, uh, you know, we'll get into the movie. But for me, it was actually his first movie, Moment of Romance, with Andy Lau. But at that time, I he didn't really register to me as a director. You know, that was that I saw that one when I was first getting into Hong Kong cinema and I was just burying myself in any Hong Kong movie I could get my hands on. And so there were a lot of directors that I didn't necessarily clock their names. But for me, a big one was a 1995 film he did called Man Wanted. I actually got that on Tysing Laserdisc uh, because that was one of their first actual domestic. For, for folks who don't know, Tysing was a company based out of San Francisco that was importing Hong Kong movies. And that's how so many of us in the, the 90s saw these movies. And then they actually started properly licensing and doing domestic distribution on some of these movies. And Man Wanted, I believe, was their first actual domestic distribution. And uh, it's a good old-fashioned 1995 Hong Kong cop thriller. You know, it's got Simon Yam and Yu Rong Guang and 
undercover cops and noble criminals and all of that sort of stuff. And, and I really liked that movie. And so then I started clocking his name and then I saw big bullet and then who am I? And, and obviously was remembering him. And then for me, yeah, the other big one was for twofold purposes was 1999's Gen X cops. One, because Benny just kills it. it is such a high gloss Hollywood type movie, but two, the arrival of Nicholas Z who is going to become a very big part of this conversation today. Uh, and so that movie, I still love that movie to death to this day. They reteam for Invisible Target. You know, he also shows up. Nick also shows up in New Police Story. But, um, you know, we were actually talking on Twitter. Uh, our good friend Larry, shout out to Larry Sternshine of, of Woovember and Double H55 on Twitter, asking, you know, where to start with Benny Chan and... Uh, I really, I really do think that the the trilogy of Gen X cops, Invisible Target, and now Raging Fire would make, you know, if you if you only had a few movies to show somebody Benny Chan, I really think that trilogy would be a great like calling card entry point. And as you pointed out, Rob, not just for Benny, but also for the evolution of Nick as uh, an action star, and more importantly, I think an actor uh, over the course of twenty years. Yeah, yeah, and the, most definitely, like, you know, to see where he started um, with Gen X Cops and, you know, through through Invisible Target and now this one, like, he's he's really just really upped his ante, you know, he's just become, like, one of the premier guys, you know, and, I mean, he was always good from the start, but, like, man, I know we'll get into him, like, uh, it, during the discussion of this particular movie, but, like, damn, man, like, that, that boy has really leveled up for real. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's been a joy to, it's been a joy to watch. Well, uh, really quick, any final things you want to say about Benny other than, uh, damn Benny, we hope you're listening and we're going to miss you. Yeah, that, no, that's, that's the best way to put it. Uh, the, what a loss and, uh, just damn man. Uh, but, uh, like, yeah, I, th- I think, um, that's, that's the perfect segue into the, the rest of the discussion for the, for the movie. Cause, uh, I don't, I don't want to lose it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those, for those listening, Rob and I are both dealing with some, some very, very personal family medical issues. And so we've, this movie has hit both of us hard. This is actually our second recording cause we had an audio issue and, and, both of us kind of lost it. I am bound and determined to hold it together this time, but, uh, you Same. know, I just, uh, you know, you know, listeners, you know, I always let you behind the curtain. So if we do happen to get a little choked up, you know, we're not going to apologize for that. Um, and with that, Rob, let's talk about raging fire. What, without it getting into any spoilers, just tell me what your initial thoughts on this movie are. Uh, I will, I will start by saying that, um this 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 movie uh has come out in in a year that has like not many highs and many lows in the action genre um but i will say that even if this year was filled with nothing but just straight bangers when it comes to action movies i still think raging fire would still qualify as being the best action film of the year, bar none. Uh, I, I don't think there was uh, anything that, that could have been released that would have beat it, and uh, especially last year, too, because it was supposed to come out last year, but 
they got pushed it this year due to the the pandemic. And I still think it's, it's the best action movie of last year as well as this year. Like, there's just nothing beating it that came out this year or last year. And the, the, not just um, not just this year, but I, I think it's um, if if I not to you know to, uh, be too much about it, but uh, I really think it's gonna uh, it's gonna go down as an all timer because this this movie is just a glorious masterpiece of. Blood staring action as, as as i wrote in my review to quote myself but uh yeah this is this, this this film is going to go down as an all-timer in my opinion yeah uh i'm gonna second all of that um i actually had said that i still thought ruin and kenshin the final was was my pick for best action film of the year but now that i've had a few more days to sit with raging fire this is my pick for the best action film of the year as well. Um, I, I, I think it's, it reminded me a lot of, and, and I'm not just citing Donnie Yen movies here just because it's Donnie, but of the first time I saw SPL or more importantly for me, the first time I saw Flashpoint and I was really just immediately taken back to 1995, 1996. You know, I, I had said on Twitter that I feel like this movie could have been made in 1996 and sit alongside stuff like Beast Cops and Ringo Lamb's Full Alert and, and Benny's Big Bullet. You know, this just, this feels like such a classic throwback. It's much glossier. It looks prettier. You know, there's obviously a hell of a lot more money on screen than what a lot of those classic HK films had to work with. But it still feels like such a classic throwback to to Hong Kong cinema. And, you know, with mainland China basically take kind of taking over uh, the Hong Kong film industry and just the general death of the Hong Kong film industry, we, you know, we used to get 100 movies like this a year, most of them not this good. But now we don't get any. And so to be able to get this one and to have it be Benny's last film, have it be, in my opinion, Benny's best film, um, is really, really something, I, I think, special. Uh, I think we can, we can definitely say that this is a movie that we both highly recommend. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, and uh, yeah, it, it is it is a shame how the Hong Kong film industry has the the, the route it's gone, and uh, you know, uh, you know, just to think that, uh, like you said, you get a hundred movies a year like this, and like like with just amazing action and dangerous action, but you know, kind of low budget, like you know, to think, uh, was it uh, uh, off the top of my head, like Pom Pom and Hot Hot. Like that that movie's a fucking comedy and it still has better action than a lot of movies that you would see in the States and all that stuff. And it's like that was the Hong Kong film industry, like, you know, where where a comedy could fucking wipe out just like a 90 percent of the action movies that were uh, American action movies that were released that that same year that one came out. And to just see how it is now. And it's just like. <sighs> but, you know, God bless Benny, the, you know, the the man. Uh, you know, through it all, uh, you know, he obviously he he must have. I can't imagine the, the the pain he must have been going through while while making this. But you know, he strapped on his boots and he said, you know, I'm gonna do the damn thing, but I'm gonna do it like the old way. Like it's big budget. Like it's like definitely a bigger budgeted version of those old movies. But it's like no, we're we're gonna take it back for this one. We're gonna go back to the old golden days where it's like. 
motherfuckers are obviously getting hurt doing the stunts. Like there was a few stunts in here where I was just like, damn, dude, like, like he looked like he almost died you know, on that, that particular stunt. And it's just like, that was, that was what the Hong Kong industry was like, you know, like every stunt looked dangerous, like almost life threatening. Um, and it, it was, it was like, mortifying to watch at times but it was glorious because these dudes were risking their lives to entertain us and that's that's the 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 division i got when watching this is just like <sighs> like you know just remembering the good old times you know like where you could sit there and just put on the hong kong action movie and just you know be bl- absolutely blown away by it yeah, yeah. Well, and I love that you said that. You know, there are some. So then there is some CGI in this, and it's a bit dodgy. And and obviously, this is actually, given the money they had to work with, going to be much safer. But there are some stunts in this that just, you said the right word. They do. They feel dangerous. And I I, I contrast that with something like, you know, say, Wu Jing's movies, which I love. I mean, everybody knows how much I love Wolf Warrior Two. But there is really no sense in that movie that anybody's actually in danger that there's any risks being taken and Wu Jing as a character is such a superhero of a character right that you're you're almost watching like a big budget comic book movie more than you're watching something that feels like Hong Kong you know the Hong Kong action that we grew up with this feels like Hong Kong action this feels like that classic really dangerous we're making it up as we go along kind of filmmaking uh, and so even if it's not, because I'm sure some people are listening, will be like, oh no, they had all this money and they had all these stunt people and they had all this stuff. I'm like, well, even if it's not, then that's just an even greater testament to Benny and, you know, Donnie and Kenji Tanagaki is the action designers for making it feel like it was that dangerous, making me really feel like, yeah, you know, these people are getting hit by cars or they're going through windows and, uh, you know, you're not sure how they're bouncing back up after that one. And so whether it did have that level of danger or not, it sure looks like it. And frankly, as a viewer, that's all I care about. I just want to know that it looks like it's, you know, dangerous and exciting and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. Um, going back to what you said about Wolf Warrior 2, I think that was Wu Jing's intention, like to... to make more like uh an american style action movie because i remember um uh i'm a fan of a uh action designer vlad rimberg um glorious glorious uh fight choreographer and he had did previs for uh wolf warrior 2 and um the scene where they have the fight in the market they had to redo because Wu Jing said it was too Hong Kong style and he wanted more American style fighting. So I think that was his intention to, to make it more like comic booky kind of like, uh, like Avengers or like even, uh, uh, fast and furious style. And like, and, and that's fine. Like, yeah, I love Wolf warrior too, but it's just like, yeah, you contrast it with this. And it's just like, Benny's like, nah, I'm taking it back, bro. Like we're, we're going back to the good old days where we just, we almost killed our stunt guys, you know, and just, you know, there, there's dudes, uh, uh, getting, uh, slammed against the wall. Like the, there's that one scene, uh, uh, well, I won't, I won't specify where, uh, they, they, the uh, Donnie and, um, another guy, if they, uh, fall through like a grate into uh, the sewer below and you can see like stunt guys, 
obviously falls on his head and it's just like like good lord you know like but it's like yeah like you know that's the stuff i've been missing you know like i've been missing this kind of shit for a while like when i watch a hong kong action movie yeah yeah absolutely you know it's fair to say that with a few exceptions i have i am traditionally you know lately have been pretty let down by most of what i'm seeing coming out of hong kong it's it's why I've gravitated more towards Japan and, and Korea because it does still feel like it, and especially even, you know, up and coming countries like Indonesia and Malaysia, where it feels like they're, they're really taking that spirit. So much of Chinese filmmaking now is so glossy and this is glossy in look, but gritty in style. Uh, and it's, it's really, yeah. I mean, it, it just, it, it, you will, we'll break down some of the action scenes in the spoiler section. I do just need to shout out again. He also did ruin Kenshin the final. He did snake eyes and I have not seen snake eyes yet, but from what I understand, his work wasn't necessarily treated the best way by the other filmmakers, but Kenji Tanagaki is just a God tier action designer. And, uh, and he is on everything he does well is on full display in this movie, I think. Um, and that leads us before we get to spoilers, I do want to just talk a little bit about the cast that leads us to, you know, it feels a little weird that we're 22 minutes into this and we haven't really mentioned the star of the movie, the God, the action icon, Donnie Yen, um, this also feels like such a nice throwback for Donnie. Um, you know, really, I, I I read an interview with him where he said he really wanted to get back to SPL Flashpoint era stuff. And, and he's basically, for all intents and purposes, kind of playing the same character that he plays in Flashpoint, right? There's no reason this couldn't really be a Flashpoint sequel. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Like, yeah, I, I was definitely thinking about that as well. The... I mean, it, it, it literally could have been uh, a sequel to Flashpoint because, you know, but I think that's just part of the course when uh, uh, Donnie plays these kind of characters, you know, like, you know, the righteous, no-nonsense uh, 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 cop, you know, the, who just won't stop. But, uh, but, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. Yeah, I mean, if you go back all the way, even all the way back to like Tiger Cage 2 and uh, Tiger Cage and Tiger Cage 2 and in the line of duty 4, I mean, there there is this character that Donnie has cultivated over 40 years of acting of the, the like you said, the righteous, no-nonsense cop, the cop who whose moral compass is so defined that he will fight his superiors just as much as he fights his bad guys because he's gonna he's gonna go get the bad guys and do what nobody else is willing to do and and so I think that's what I would say with Donnie in this I think Donnie's terrific in this but he's definitely playing a role that he can play in his sleep uh he's not he's challenging himself I think on the action front but on the acting front you know this is he's in kind of easy mode here but I don't, when I say that to people, I don't want them to think I'm comparing him to like, say, Bruce Willis. He's not sleepwalking. He's not, he's not, not trying. He's giving it everything he's got and he's giving a great performance. It's just, it is a performance that we have seen from him before. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Um, like you say, he could play this kind of role in his sleep, but he, he gives it a lot more gravitas. Like, you know, he's not somebody that and, uh, you know, uh, Donnie, a lot of times you could tell when he's bored with the role. Like uh, like I mentioned before, uh, in 
original conversation, so I'll bring it up again. Um, uh, Itmon 4. Like, you know, Itmon 4, you could tell, was a movie he probably didn't want to do. Um, Donnie likes to challenge himself and do a lot of different stuff. So, like, to keep coming back, playing the same role was probably boring to him. And it showed in that one. Uh, he, he's still great in that, in that movie. But you could tell, like, he's just like, oh, I just, just want to get this over with. I, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, you know, which 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 shows because, you know, the very next film he did after that was Enter the Fat Dragon, where, you know, he's playing overweight guy. You know, he's in a fat suit and he's goofy. And, you know, like, yeah, like that's some shit that, like, Donnie probably would rather do where he's just like, yeah, not not the same shit I, I've done before. So it, it, it was really great that he he he, he chose not to you know, just go through the motions with this one. I mean, even though he is, but he still, you know, he still puts in his all in, in this particular role, you know, and I, I guess because, you know, they, they, they figured that uh, we're going to do it up for, for Benny. So I'm, I'm just going to give this one, you know, as much as I can. And he, he's absolutely great in the movie. I think he's phenomenal in it. The, 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 you know, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, I, you mentioned enter the fat dragon. The other one that he's done recently that I really enjoy is, is big brother where he gets to play kind of like the mentor and, and is also a bit outside his wheelhouse. Uh, this is not outside his wheelhouse, but he is bringing it here. Um, but I think that also leads us to, uh, changing gears and, or not changing gears, but going to who I think the MVP of the movie is, which is Nicholas C. Um, because, Man, this is got to be one of the top two or three Nick performances for me. He is so damn good and riveting in this movie. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he is absolutely fucking fantastic in this movie. Like, he's just like, you know, like, I think one of his very best performances, you know, because I think he has, excuse me, I think he has a harder job to do than Donnie did. Like, you know, say Donnie's, you know, playing a role he you know he's used to playing but nick is like he's got to play like this this once you know uh you know righteous guy who just like is on the other side of the wall now and uh he, he's kind of lost uh everything and he just has nothing left to lose and shit so he's just gonna go all out and just be this completely just um i don't want to say despicable but like just completely uh, just out of control character, and he's so fucking great. Just absolutely, you know, the just, just, just even when mo- moments where he's not speaking, where he's just, you know, silent, and you know, you still, he's still conveying every emotion with with just being silent and and stoic and all that stuff, and just like it, absolutely, the, you said it right there, he is the true MVP of this movie. Like this movie, like lives and breathes on uh his shoulders because uh, I, I i don't know how like i mean i still would probably would have enjoyed the movie but like I, I can't imagine anybody else playing a role other than nick well and it's just it's so crazy to me because you know for those who don't know he's spent most of the last 10 years having a cooking show on tv um and in the interviews i read with him they were asking him about that, and he basically said, well, I want to make action movies. I don't want to just make movies. I want to make action movies. And so I will, you know, I do these TV shows because they're fun and I enjoy them. But when I had a chance to do an action movie like Raging Fire, I was all in on it. And there's no question he 
you know, there's some things I want to bring up when we get to spoilers, but there's no question. I mean, he puts the work in. The training and the time and the energy that he put into, to, you know, doing his role in this really shows. Yeah, 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 most definitely. Uh, he just, like, yeah, um, I was uh, watching a little bit of that uh, uh, eclipse of, of uh, his cooking show on YouTube, and I was just uh, blown away by the fact that he cooks in, like, a, like a, almost like a like a military like captain's like uniform uh like like a like almost like a captain crunch type fucking shirt that he he cooks in uh, i was like wow that's just that's some ball of shit right there <laughs> like you know but i like that it, 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 you know to to be an actor because it, it seems like a lot of actors nowadays they just want to be like known as serious actors and like you know almost kind of like kind of reject doing action movies so like i appreciate an actor who's like yeah i want to do action man i don't want to do these other kind of movies i, I want to do some action shit so i really appreciate that like he put that out there you know that is just like yeah like give me give me give me the action stuff fuck that other shit you know <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely well and i love that he's willing to just do whatever makes him happy and that's that's awesome um yeah you know, the other thing we do have to talk about with him, because going all the way back to the movie 2002, Nick's hair has been, uh, to quote our friend Lee Golden, unfuck withable, and it is absolutely unfuck withable in this movie as well. Uh, I don't know if it's a wig or not, but either way, it is immaculate fucking hair in this movie. Yeah, it's kind of like a, like a, like almost like a Jerry Curl mullet. And it's fucking supreme, you know, like it's just really just fantastic, you know, and, and like, you know, the, the guy always has great hair. Like he has one of the best heads of hair, you know, it, it, any actor working today, you know, the, the, the in Asia or otherwise, you know, he just has perfect head of hair and everything he does, you know, it's complete, like, you know, he's one of the definitely one of the most stylish actors ever. You know that that man's look is always on point, but uh, like, yeah, his his look in here is just like, like chef's kiss. That that hair is just fucking glorious, absolutely. And uh, on that note, I think we are. I, I'm gonna just say uh, before we transition to spoilers, Rob. Uh, any any last things you want to say other than people really just need to see Raging Fire as soon as they can? Uh, no, that that. I said people really need to see Raging Fire. I've been telling everybody. Uh, I've been telling the, uh, um, well, uh, in the House of Screams, there's not too many of us in there that uh, like action, but the ones that do like action, like yeah, 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 I need to go fucking see this. And like my buddy Nico was like, oh yeah, but the, the Suicide Squad, I'm like yeah, fuck all that. Uh, go see Raging Fire, bro. Like, like uh, he's like, oh, I'm on it. I'm on it. You know, I'm gonna go see that. I'm like, yeah, please, please do. Because you need to see this. Every, everyone needs to see this. If you're an action fan, please check this out. Yeah, I, I second all of that. So with that, we will, uh, for just a few more minutes, uh, we don't want this to be a full-length podcast episode, but we are going to spend a few more minutes talking about some spoiler stuff. So uh, we will be transitioning to spoilers uh, in three, two, one. All right, so first thing, since we're just finishing talking about uh, Nick, we got to talk about that interrogation scene where I swear to God, the man is channeling Anthony Wong. He comes in with the glasses and that hair and just the way that he looks like he is one step ahead of every single person in that interrogation room was just honestly for me, in spite of all the action, maybe the high point of the movie. Oh, agreed. Agreed. That is my, my favorite part of the movie is this, 
um, just just him and and Donnie facing off in that scene, and it's just like a battle of wits between them. You know, it's just an absolutely utterly fucking fantastic scene. The definitely the best scene in the movie, in my opinion, because uh, it, it's like. It, it, like he's definitely the smartest person in the room. Like he he knows more than anybody else is going on, and he he's using that to an advantage. And like the way he's just like they they're trying to get him and and bullshit him, and he's just he's just sitting there. He's not even looking at them in the face half the time. He's just looking down and smiling like they know nothing, you know. And, and, and I, I I'm holding all the cards right now, and he's just oh, it's such a such a just utterly phenomenal scene. Uh, Nick is on fire through that whole scene, and uh, you know, Donnie's doing the damn thing as well. But it's just like, yeah, this is what I like. That scene is, is a perfect example of why I said this movie lives and breathes on his shoulders because he's just given his all, and it's not even like he's really doing much, like, he's not like overacting or yelling or anything. He's just everything, he's just so super cool. And and even though like as as he's just basically antagonizing them and shit, but he's doing it so subtly and so super cool. It's just absolutely glorious. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's riveting. And 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 like I said, it's you know, it just so reminded me. I mean, how many movies did we see where Anthony Wong had, you know, crazy hair and, and was in some sort of interrogation room and outsmarting everybody or or whatever, but what I also love about it too is for you know, sixty percent of this movie, we still have a lot of sympathy for his character, uh, for No uh, Nick Nixie's character. We still have a lot of sympathy for him, and then as soon as that he walks into the police station for that that interrogation, it's just it changes completely, and it's like, oh no, this guy is so far gone uh, that that the only choice left is in spite of the fact that they're friends and Donnie was his mentor, the only choice left is for Donnie to put him down. And uh, I really love the way he's able to flip that switch uh, in, in such a way that made it just very dramatically interesting for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically like that that moment where he... He 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 said like you know, he's basically conveying to Donnie, oh you think I'm fucking with you? I am not fucking with you. Like it, it it's going to go down and because because like it, it's it's supposed to be corresponding the the whole thing is supposed to be corresponding around like a, a heist, but it's really all about revenge. You know him and the crew are getting revenge on they all the people who they felt wronged them, the, uh, why they ended up in jail and all that stuff and. You know, it's like that's that's all it is for them. Like we're we're getting revenge, and it's just like, yeah, like I I, I want you to know, I am not fucking around here, and I want you to know that firsthand. Like it, it's going to go down, and it's either you go down or I do. You know, but that's how it's going to be, and there's no other choice around it. Like you know, th- this is this is what it's going to be between you and me. You know, it's, it's going to be to the bitter end. And it's just like he, he so perfectly conveys that, you know, while just being as as super cool as possible. But like, yeah, like, you know, he, he is absolutely so far gone by this point. You know, like there there's no resemblance anywhere, no semblance of the, the person he used to be. Like the, the person he used to be is just completely just gone. Like this this man is just pure hatred and rage at this point and it's just yeah man this this what a what a scene what a scene that interrogation scene was yeah 
Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that leads us to what we what we, you know, do also need to talk about, which is the action scenes in a little more detail. I'm gonna start with the final, uh, because I really thought this final borders on an all timer. It really feels like the end of Flashpoint. I mean, it is just such a brutal you know, so many of the action scenes in this movie have such big scale and scope with car chases and big shootouts and stuff. And it just zeroes in onto the two of them just trying to beat the hell out of one another. And we get that good old fashioned Donnie, you know, MMA ground and pound kind of brawling that we haven't seen for a long time. Um, I just I thought the last fight in this was I couldn't have asked for a better last fight given the movie that led up to it. Let me just put it that way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Most definitely because you, like, the one thing I loved about the action sequence is like everyone feels major. Like, every every action scene feels like it could have been the climax to another action movie because everything's so grand and epic and scope and all that stuff. And the 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 final fight is just them two in like this looks like abandoned like uh like church under construction, and it's just so personal. You know, it's so contained. You know, and it couldn't have been any other way because it's all been leading up to this. It's just this final confrontation between the two of them, you know, and, and it's just it's such a such a damn. Yeah, like I, I really agree with you that the, the this borders on all timer level, uh, especially when uh, Nick pulls out the two uh, uh, butterfly knives and Donnie goes for the uh, the, the good old baton. And you just know it's like, oh shit, it's about to go down now, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he whips that boy out and shit. And it's like, oh yeah, like we're about to go. Like you know, definitely, you know, took me back to SPL. You know, like uh, yeah, I mean that had to be intentional, right? It's t- it's Kenji yeah. Tanagaki and Donnie. It had to be an intentional callback to SPL. But I had the exact same reaction. You know, he he whips that out because I was like initially I was like, oh, are we gonna get a knife fight? And then he whips out the baton, and I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, it was the uh, the Jack Nicholson nodding his head with the crazy eyes meme, right? It was just like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It was just like, I love the way it's staged too. Like, you know, he whips it out and Nick is whipping around those butterfly knives and all stuff. And it just gives you like a, like a couple of beats, you know, where they just like, yeah. Like, I, I love that shit. Like, it goes all the way back to like... Um, uh, last night we were talking about like uh, Bruce movies, and I was talking about my favorite being the Chinese Connection. And actually, uh, the the final fight—well, not the final fight, but the fight between Bruce and Robert Baker—is my my all-time favorite movie fight. And and I love it simply because like you know the pauses in between was like old west style, and and you know it was just like you know they they're sizing each other up, and you know like Bruce is and and Robert Baker circling around each other, and this kind of reminded me of that, like you know where. He pulls out the baton, and um, Nick's got the knives, and they just, they they take a moment or two and shit to just like, uh, like, all right, let's do this, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, like, see, this is this is the glorious shit I'm talking about, you know, this is the stuff I've been missing, you know, I I, I love all that kind of shit, and it was just it was it was so beautiful to see. Well, and it's the kind of thing that I, again I love I love about Hong Kong and and Chinese cinema and and just any cinema in general that takes its action scenes seriously you know they had two full weeks to film that fight uh you know and and because they had the money and they had the backing and that's how they do it you know you contrast that with 
say the amount of time that Scott gets to film a lot of his fights, and it's just, it's just, it's. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was I, when you said they had two whole weeks. I was like, yeah, I know Scott's rolling this eyes. Yeah, right no, now. absolutely. Well, and that's the thing is, it does. It makes you sad and it makes you mad because you look and you go, okay, so if we know the quality of fight scenes that we're getting with Scott Adkins already. What could we do if he had two weeks to film a fight? Well, we kind of know, you know, I mean, that's about how much time they had to film the Ip Man 4 fight. And that fight is terrific. Um, I don't think that movie's as good as this one. So it, it doesn't resonate with me as much. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's just take your action scenes seriously and you get stuff like this uh, and give them the time to do what they do best. And you will get stuff like this last fight. Oh yeah, yeah, most definitely. I, I think it's just you know, and, and not 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 uh, not talking about like Scott and and like uh, the movies he makes. I'm talking about like more big budget, uh, like in, in comparison to like more big budget stuff. Uh, you know, uh, you mentioned Snake Eyes and uh, like how they they completely botched uh, that in there. Of course, uh, uh, can't 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 say that without uh, talking about Mortal Kombat where they butchered the, the the fight sequences in there and it's just like it feels like they're just being lazy about it like you know like ah, like you know just yeah 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 just throwing in all that and stuff in there like they don't care they don't care like you these are the filmmakers who care you know and it's just like yeah yeah we're doing a fight scene no we're really gonna do it we're gonna take our time you know we're gonna plan this out you know we're gonna give us uh, uh enough time to put all this stuff together because we want to entertain and just like th this is why we appreciated uh hong kong action cinema so much because you know they like to, to, to go back think about like the the end fight in drunken master 2 they took four months to shoot that final fight like four months like you know you can make whole movies in in uh america in four months but he shot it took him four months to shoot the final fight alone and it's just like because jackie gives a shit you know they uh he gives a shit about making quality you know fight sequences and you know and uh, obviously they did here too you know what i'm saying so two i mean two weeks is is enough time to put together like you know just an absolute banger of a sequence and yeah like this this is why uh, uh asian action cinema will always be greater than anything else in the world to me they just it, it, you know asia when it comes to action they just do it better yeah yeah and i think this is a perfect example any other action scenes that you want to uh shout out in the movie i know there's you know there's four or five but any others that really stand out for you uh uh the first major one uh, where they like there's uh, a firefight in an abandoned mall uh, between the cops and the gangsters and uh, Nick and his gang. Uh, I, I thought that was great. Uh, I like uh, you know uh, Benny was playing a little bit with Styles there. There's like a nice little uh, five second shot where uh, it's almost like first person shooter, uh, almost not really because it's over the the, the cop shoulder as as he's mowing down a, a couple bad guys. I thought that was great. I also like uh, the 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 big brawl in um, the like the shanty town uh, where, where Donnie goes uh, in there to like uh, question the suspect, and like his like he has like a horde of of, of thugs uh, around, and and Donnie's kind of got to fight his way out, and uh, his his um, team of cops show up to to give him a, a hand, and like it, it becomes a free for all. I specifically love the the moment where. 
Donnie takes off his bulletproof vest and wraps it around his arm to use it to beat the shit out of a bunch of dudes with. <laughs> like, like, oh, man, this shit is so great. Yeah, that shit is great. And that was the one scene I was talking about uh, when I mentioned earlier where one, one of those stuns felt dangerous. Uh, uh, a lot of those stuns felt dangerous because you see motherfuckers falling over everywhere. Like, there's a dude that falls out the window and he and he tumbles over like a, like a roof and just smacks right against the walls. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. And then... Uh, Donnie gra- grabs a suspect and he like body slams him to a crate and they end up in the sewer. And uh, uh, obviously it must have been Donnie's stunt double, but you could see him fall directly on his fucking head. And it's just like, Jesus, like, oh, my Lord, that shit looked like it hurt. You know, that had like that dude had to have been really dazed, if not concussed. You know, it's just like that scene and like, but there's there's so many great scenes as well as also the final shootout. It's like, so so many, like like every every action scene in this movie is a banger. Um, but like the the first major one and the the big brawl in the shanty town uh, uh, stick out to me the most, other than the final fight. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I mean, I think we could just sit here and talk about all the action scenes forever because they're so good. Um, but I don't, I don't really have much more to add to it. And I, like I said, I don't want us to go on forever because we could. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wind us down. I do want to talk about one last thing, which is uh, – but before I get to that, I, the last thing will be I want to talk about the end credits. But before I get to that, any last thoughts on Raging Fire? Uh, if, if you do not check this out, you will be missing uh, what the best action movie of the year if not one of the best action movies in the past uh, few years. Um, uh, like, I, I definitely put this up there with the new age of classics, like, uh, you know, you got your John Wick, you got your Raid, uh, your, your Mission Impossible Fallout. This definitely deserves a place amongst those uh, just I just named amongst the new classics of action. Uh, is definitely earned that spot because it's a glorious fucking movie. Uh, and please check it out. If if you're an action fan, you 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 need to check this out because it, it it's it's going to blow you away. Yep, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, so then the final thing I want to talk about, and I saved it till the end this time, uh, is uh, for those who don't know, the end credits are a loving tribute to Benny Chan. Uh, nothing fancy, nothing schmaltzy. Just him on set, as Rob has been saying, doing the damn thing. And uh, I have to admit, it absolutely destroyed me. Uh, and so, uh, and I know it did you as well, Rob. So mm-hmm. I did I did want to bring it up to people so that they make sure that they stay through the end credits to watch that tribute because it was really moving. And, uh, you know, I had tears running down my face when I was watching it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as much as i enjoyed the movie it is a bittersweet watch because you know that you know this man has just put greatness on the screen and we're we're not going to get it again you know and so i was just kind of like watching everything happen like god damn it but then like those credits came up and like you know you see you know Benny putting in the work on set. And like you said, it's nothing really like Schmolsky. It's just, you know, footage of him on the set with Donnie and, 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 you know, the stunt guys and, you know, just shooting everything. And it's just like, Oh Jesus. You know, it was just like the, the, the movie was, was hitting me as I was watching it, but then the end credits come up and it's just like, you know, uh, it it was sweet, but it's, it's, it's really like, you know, if not, 
just just being a fan of the man, it's it's really just, it was really just, it it really fucked me up. I, I'll say that it 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 really fucked me up emotionally, you know. But you know, it, it, he's smiling in every piece of footage you see him in, like that they show. Uh, you know, even through it all, he was having the time of. Sorry. He was having the time of his life, and you know, just you know, making movies with his guys and just doing the damn thing, and you know, and it's just that's that's always how I remember the man, you know. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't say it any better. Uh, it, it's we're lucky we had Benny. We're lucky we got this. As Lee said, as he was watching it, you know. Benny's probably looking over us smiling. So, um, Rob, I think that's as good a place as any for us to end it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, We're about to lose the people. <laughs> yeah. So, um, as always folks, uh, you can, you can, you know where to find my show, Rob, where can people find you? Of course you could find, uh, well, I'm just going to, uh, plug the, the link tree. You find, uh, every, every, uh, a link to every social media and my show, the action drunkies at uh link tree slash uh, the cinema drunkie, where you'll find links to the action drunkies as well as the official Twitter account. Uh, my Twitter the, at the center drunkie, you find um, uh, our show, uh, the house of screams hosted by my dear friend, uh, candy, the final girl, as well as uh max upcoming anime show, all stars animes, where he's putting in the work right now as we speak. Uh, getting it in as also he's well like the the, the, the guy's doing voiceover work now uh he's he's uh doing a voiceover work for some uh think some fan uh animated project uh and he's got a, like a role in like two of them so uh shout out to my fucking boy doing the damn thing you know i know this is a dream come true for him you know because the, the man truly loves anime so like i can't be I can't be more happier and prouder for him you know to be living out the dream you know but and you'll find you know, but yeah, you find the links to his official Twitter uh, for All Stars Animes, and um, yeah, yeah, t- um, that's it. Uh, you know, uh, I got too many things to plug and shit, so I just plug the link tree. <laughs> yep, go to the link tree. I'll also throw out Rob has been a guest on Schlock and Awe and Film Feast podcast and Cobwebs podcast, all three great podcasts uh, that are friends of this show. So check him out there. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, Rob, thank you so much for joining me for this, man. It was it was exactly what I wanted to uh, talk about this movie about. So I, I much appreciate it, man. No, I appreciate you for having me to talk this. This is a great movie. To, to, I love you, bro. And, and thank you, as always. Yeah, and I will uh, just say, as always, this is uh, Adkins Undisputed, the most complete Scott Adkins podcast in the world. But most importantly, make sure you see Raging Fire as soon and as often. as you possibly can. Absolutely.